0: It's time to start thriving. Start thriving. Let's, thrive. Let's thrive. Let's thrive.
1: The more you know about your body, the better you can take care of it. It's
0: time to take charge of your health. Here we are, so we're going to roll with that. Broadcasting to the Thrive Life community.
1: So we're going to kind of dive into some of those ideas today. From the
0: ACU of Texas studios. Let's thrive. I
1: want to empower you to make that decision. This
0: is Thrive Life Radio with your host, Amy Robinson.
1: Good morning Thrive Life community. So glad to be with you this morning because I am talking about all the foods that you're eating that actually might be draining your energy and putting you into a food coma. Yes, a food coma. If you've never experienced it, which I'm actually kind of betting you probably have, I'm going to explain what that means and why it's really not a good thing to completely crash and burn after you eat a meal like Thanksgiving, how you're just completely destroyed. Uh, I'm going to explain why that's actually not the best thing, even though it kind of feels good because you just kind of nap and watch football all day. But it's not actually the best thing for your body. So I'm going to explain kind of what that means. I'm going to walk you through my top five energy drainers because there's a lot of them. So we're just going to narrow it down a bit. And then kind of how you can flip the switch and, you know, get energy from your food as opposed to crashing from your food. Now, I know you're all going to have the occasional donut cupcake Something crazy that's going to crush your energy. So I'm not talking about those one-off incidents. I'm gonna be talking about like the the consistent things that are that are coming into your diet that could actually be draining your energy, even if it's kind of minutely and you're not going totally into food coma, but where that energy could be leaking out because of what you're putting in. So, you know, I love being with all of you every week live from the AC of Texas studios here on Vinyl Draft Radio. I'm your host, Amy, nutritionist and coach, and I believe you have superpowers. And on today's Thrive in Five, I'm going to help you find them.
0: Here's Amy with this week's thrive. Thrive in Five.
1: All right. So this is something that I think about myself all the time. I work on it with clients. I talk to friends and family about it because... I believe that everybody has, and I call it a superpower. It's it's really kind of like your gifts and what you're meant to share with the world. And we get really, really busy in the day to day grind, and we get kind of mired down in everything we have going on in our lives. Um, but there's things inside of you that you're, I be, I believe you're meant to cultivate and to kind of hone and bring out because there's people out there who need it. So. When we're super busy and again, you know, mired down with all the day to day, it's easy just to be super internal and, you know, kind of in that self-serving mode. And I think that's important. I believe very fully in taking care of yourself first and putting yourself first, because if you don't, you cannot serve anybody else. But at the same time, the gifts that you have in you need to come out because they are going to transform someone's life. And I know that sounds like really heavy for 10 o'clock on a Friday morning, but it's just the absolute truth. And I, I don't, I, I wish I could remember what this quote said that I saw. It's something about, you know, you never know um, the how the gifts you share will help somebody to, you know, live their life and love. And I think that's a really important thing because, you know, we live on this earth with other people. So it's not just about us and what our needs are, but it's about serving the people around us and helping each other be the best that we can be. I know it's super cheesy this morning. I feel like I'm on like a Tony Robbins kick or something. So I'm going to say some super cheesy stuff. So just kind of bear with me. It's just kind the mood that I'm in today so I think it's really important to work on developing those gifts again because it is about in service to other people and when you serve the people around you whether that's your friends your family whether that's in your job it it changes things for everybody. So it, there's a ripple effect from that. So the ripple effect though has to start with you and tuning into yourself and figuring out who you are and what those gifts are inside of you that you can give out to the world that's going to improve everybody's life. And the more people improve their lives, the happier everybody is and we get out of the cycle of you know negativity, I guess you could say. So one of the ways you can do this and this is this might feel really awkward and uncomfortable but ask your closest circle so friends or family whatever that is for you ask your closest circle what your strengths are and I know it sounds like you're just kind of fishing for compliments but that's not that's not what you're doing you're asking them to help you see things that you probably can't see about yourself because you know we 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 don't like to I don't know, brag or boast. It's not really bragging or boasting. We don't like to talk about what our strengths are because we feel like we're bragging about it. And so we want to just be kind of, you know, super, um, I would call it like false humility about it um, instead of just being proud and confident in the things that we're really good at. So I can tell you one of the things that I'm really good at is having a lot of belief in people. So when someone's sitting across from me, um, I can see, and I can't always verbalize it, but I can see the potential in somebody. I can see what they have to offer the word, world. And again, it's not I can't necessarily put it into words and can't necessarily verbalize it because it's their gift. But I can see the potential in people and what I want to do when I'm sitting across from them having a conversation and they clearly cannot see how amazing they are. As I want to just be able to like reach into them and pull it out and put it in front of them so they can see, because I can see how amazing they are. I can see their gifts. I can see what they're brilliant at, but they're so especially for women, because that's the, that's the majority of the um, people that I work with. They are so fixated on, you know, the comparison and I don't live up to this standard and I don't live up to that standard. And when we do that, when you compare yourself to people, it just kills your gifts. It just kills them. Um, and again, the world needs to see them. So asking your closest circle, it can be a really great way to figure out what you do best. And I can tell you, believing in people is something I do best. And no matter how it's, it's almost Kind of sometimes, no matter how I've been treated by somebody, or you know, maybe been hurt by somebody, I can still see their brilliance. It doesn't it doesn't overshadow it for me because you know, again, you know, when when someone's hurt, usually usually when someone hurts you, it's because they're hurting about something. So you can kind of at some point navigate past that and see past it. But even people that. I, you know, feel like I've been hurt. I can still see their brilliance. And so that's something that's a strength and a gift in me. And I need to, you know, be putting that out into the world. That's one reason why I love to do this show, because I want want you all to be able to find this for yourselves. So ask your closest circle. You're not fishing for compliments. You're trying to figure out what your strengths are. Again, strengths that you might not necessarily be able to see, because a lot of times we have a hard time seeing what we're really great at. So here's some questions that you can ask yourself to kind of go through this process of figuring out what you're great at. And when you figure out what you're great at, that's step number one, and I'm not going to go into what step number two is, because step number two is now, how do you put that out into the world? Um, so we're not going to go into that today because we just literally don't have time. But that w- that's kind of part of the whole purpose of trying to figure out what your gifts are. It's so that you can share them. Um, so it's not to keep them for yourself. You want to cultivate them and grow them in yourself because it's going to make you a better person. But eventually, you want to be able to share those gifts out to the world and then lift up everybody who's around you because that's what makes the world go round as far as I'm concerned. So, and I have the microphone, so I just get to tell you that today. So some questions to figure out, you know, outside of talking to your circle is number one, who am I? So I know that's a loaded question and for a Friday morning might be a little bit too much, but it's a really important one. And a lot of times when we start asking this question, the first thing we go to is what we do for a living. Um, And that's fine. And that might be a very strong part of who you are. Like I am a coach essentially. And so that is a part of who I am because I'm coach and a cheerleader I want to cheer people on I want them to do really well and I've you know done I've done coach I was a volleyball coach before and now I'm just like a life and nutrition coach so it just kind of keeps you know keeps moving along in the same vein so obviously because I've done that for many years you know in some way shape or form that's a part of who I am now but you don't want to just look at it from the perspective of what you do for a living who are you I know this is a really big question. And it's so some of the questions underneath that is, you know, and I've had this conversation in the last 24 hours, how do you show up in the world? Um, So that's, oh, it's such a, it's such a great question because. You have control over that. Now you may have a down in the dumps day and you show up in the world down in the dumps and it's okay. This is not about beating yourself up for having a bad day, but how do you show up in the world? And again, this is as much for yourself as it is for serving the people around you. When you walk into a room with some intention of why you're there, when you walk into a meeting of an intention of what kind of energy you want to bring into that situation, you can change the whole dynamic of the situation by doing that. But you have to have control over that. So how do you want to show up? Do you want to show up in, I don't, and again, I don't like to call emotions good or bad because I think they're all necessary, but do you want to show up with an elevated emotion, which is going to be joy, it's going to be love, um, Is going to be gratitude and appreciation. Those are kind of elevated emotions. And when you think about those emotions, even in your posture, it can actually make the shoulders go up and back and make you sit up a little straighter because there's just so much energy behind those emotions. There's a huge amount of energy there. So, or, you know, you can show up into the world, you know, maybe in your grief or in your sadness or in just some kind of negativity or in anger or jealousy. And so, I can even feel like the energy going down just as I'm talking about that. I'm like slumping down into my seat a little bit more just because the energy is very different. And so on a day-to-day basis, regardless of the situation that you're going through personally, regardless of what's going in your life, you can decide to pull on some of those resources because we all have them. We just need to cultivate them. You can pull on those resources and then step out into the world in those energies. And I'm telling you, it will not only help you and make a difference for you to step out in those positive, more positive emotions, but it's going to help all the people around you. It's going to be a more pleasant experience. Now, can other people, can people around you when you walk into the room, super bubbly and energetic, be like, oh my God, please just stop. <laughs> Yes, they can totally do that, and you don't have any control over how people are going to respond to you, but you do have control over how you show up in the world. Another really great question of when you're talking about who am I is to think about things that you loved as a kid, things that you loved to do, things that you loved to think about. So, I, when I was a kid, I loved to draw and I loved to color. I loved to do things that were very creative. Uh, I liked to make things and build things. Um, but then I also liked to play games, like being a teacher and being really bossy because that's <laughs> part of my nature. I was always kind of the leader when it came to playing games. So I like doing stuff like that. I like being in the lead. I like, you know, facilitating things and I like making sure that everyone's involved and building the people up that are around me and helping them to cultivate themselves. I liked doing that even as a kid and, you know, kind of being able to direct and create an ebb and flow. So those are all things that I enjoy doing as a child. So those are things that I need to cultivate now as an adult because that is the true nature of who I am. So I need to kind of work through that. So the last question you can ask yourself is what lights you up? So what makes you feel joy? What makes you feel happiness? Where can you pull that from inside of yourself? You know, I would say there's things outside of yourself that can bring you moments of joy, but not necessarily really cultivate true happiness. That's something you do inside yourself. But what brings you joy? What do you, you know, what do you do on a daily basis or what, you know, what are activities you like to do? What are things you like to think about people you like to be around? You know, where is that joy coming from and how can you kind of cultivate that and bring that up even more? So what lights you up? The things that light you up is part of who you are. And so that just goes into alignment with cultivating this person that you want to be and how you want to, again, how you want to show up into the world. So... That's how you figure out what your superpower is, is you do some dig deep dive and you find out the answer to all of these questions. So this is your assignment for the week. Who are you? How do you want to show up in the world? What did you love to do as a kid? And what lights you up? Once you figure that out, cultivate that gift and share it out to the world because it's going to change things. All right. So coming up next, learn why a food coma does more than just zap your energy.
0: Listen to previous episodes in our audio archives. Connect with us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. You won't want to miss what's next. This is Thrive
2: Life Radio with Amy Robinson. What would you like from your bank or credit union? How about a mobile app that makes banking simple? How about free online banking and mobile bill pay? How about loan decisions made locally? How about 15 convenient locations? Associated Credit Union of Texas has all of these and more. Sounds like you should get associated. ACU of Texas, federally insured by the NCUA. For more info, visit acutx.org. My lady, today I banish boredom.
1: You're king of the Texas Renaissance Festival. Do whatever you like.
2: Then I'd like
0: to decree a different theme every weekend.
1: With characters and costumes?
0: Decreed.
1: And what about frivolity for families during the day?
0: And more frivolity in the campground at night? (laughs) Decreed. Decreed indeed. The Texas Red Results Festival, nine themed weekends starting September 29th. Tickets at texrenfest.com. Dick Reed. Chuck's Sports Bar and memorabilia in League City is exactly what you picture a hometown bar to be. Watch the game with friends, great food, great drinks, and a friendly staff. Chuck's is also the home of Celebrity Bartender Nights, Open Mic Nights with Robert Del Toro, Karaoke Nights, and more. Chuck's is located at 601 East Main in Old League City, Tuesday through Thursday from 4 to 11 p.m. and Friday and Saturday from 4 to 1. Call 832-632-1325 or find them on Facebook Chuck's Sports Bar League City.
2: When was the last time you went to the dentist? One year, three years? More? Most of us get so busy that we don't go to the dentist like we should. Well maybe it's because you're not going to the right dentist. Call Dr. Teakin and his staff at Teakin Smiles right here in Link City, 281-334-4944, or go online to teakinsmiles.com, because seeing your dentist shouldn't be a pain.
1: Welcome back, Thrive Life community. Hope you are having a fantastic day. I am, as always, because I'm here talking to you. And it's one of my absolutely most favorite things to do every single week. I would say it's probably the highlight of my week, getting to sit here and talk to y'all and tell you what I'm thinking and give you some tips that hopefully help you improve your life and your health. So I just kind of told you how you can find your superpower because I believe every single person on the planet has a superpower. It's just a matter of, you know, kind of clearing the interference around us and digging in, finding out what that is and then pulling it up, cultivating it and sharing it out. So now I'm going to tell you about foods that can kill your superpower because they're going to drain so much energy from you that you are not going to be able to share those amazing gifts out to the world. So my top five food energy drainers are sugar, gluten, processed foods, rancid fat, and dairy. Those are probably not surprising to any of you who know me or follow any kind of, you know, nutrition people. So... Sugar and gluten are definitely my top 2 and I know you're probably rolling your eyes right now thinking, "Oh my god, are we really going to talk about this stuff again?" Yes, we are, because it's really important not just to, you know, hear, "Oh, don't do this or don't do that," but it's important to understand what's going on in the body and why. So, we don't get a lot of explanations of why you should maybe remove gluten and I'm not telling you everybody needs to because it's not it's really not necessary, or why you should cut back or eliminate sugar from the diet. And again, you know, I have sugar every once in a while. I don't completely cut that out from the diet it's just not something I do on a regular basis and I'll explain why for me these are both problem foods so these are my definitely my top two anytime someone comes in to work with me from the nutrition standpoint these um, sugar and sugar gluten and dairy we take them out immediately for 30 days um, sometimes people have already done that so we kind of go further down the list but those are the top three because they're very inflammatory for a lot of people and the inflammation is one of the key aspects of why these are energy drainers so inflammation is a really important Important thing. It's part of the healing process of the body. So it gets kind of a bad rap, but it is a critical component of your overall health. However, when it's chronic, that's when we come, that's when we start seeing issues. So with sugar, we'll just kind of start there um, because I know you all really love talking about gluten and most of you have, you know, eaten sugar at some point in your life. In fact, we eat so much sugar now compared to we did a hundred years ago. So now the average person eats roughly 160 pounds of sugar in a year. And 100 years ago, it was four pounds. So that equivalent, it's almost the equivalent of about a half a pound of sugar a day, which is ridiculous. That's a lot, especially like 100 years ago. Remember, four pounds for the whole year. Now we're talking about the average being about a half a pound a day. And that's a huge statistic. And that's a scary statistic. And one of the reasons why we see so many health issues issues. Most of the health issues we see are not, it's not a genetic thing. It, I mean, there may be a genetic predisposition to it, but you still have the epigenetic or external factors that are triggering those genes to turn on. So usually um, it's, that's what's going on. It's, it's, it's an external thing. It's not just a genetic thing. And so a lot of the, the health issues we have today is an epigenetic issue. So it's a lifestyle factor and things we're being exposed to and not just because you have the genetic predisposition to it. So Sugar. How does sugar tank your health? In a lot of ways. So number one is definitely it's very very inflammatory in high amounts. For some people, it's it's inflammatory in very small amounts. I know people who have reactions to very small amounts of sugar. It gives them you know gastrointestinal issues. It maybe gives them headaches, so on and so forth. So it it does depend on the person, but it is a highly inflammatory food in really high amounts. And our exposure rate to sugar is really really high. So we're gonna talk about. Processed foods here in a little bit, Um, but part of the issue with sugar is just our our overall exposure to it because it's in so many things. So, and all of your, you know, we we're on the fat free kick since the 1980s. And when you take fat out of a processed food, you have to add sugar because when you take the fat out, you take a lot of the flavor out. So you have to add sugar to make it palatable. So the more we did that, the more sugar that was in foods and hidden sugars and under hidden names. Yes, they have a, lots of different names for sugar. Um, um, so we've, we've done this for so many years now that our exposure level is really, really high, and our bodies are just breaking down because of the exposure to it. It's a large part of it. So inflammation is huge. With one of the big things I see in my practice um, around sugar and you know gluten and a lot of grains is imbalanced blood sugar. Now, there's a lot of reasons for this too. Stress, of course, you guys know I talk about stress all the time. Stress absolutely affects the blood sugar. But imbalanced blood sugar, I would say, is one of the top things that I see in relation to diet and food. So. When the blood, sh- we want the blood sugar to be very, pretty even keel all day. We don't want huge spikes and huge downs because that's when you get, you know, your 10 a.m. slump, you get your 2 p.m. slump. Um, so we don't want that to happen because when you get those bigger crashes, you know, you're going to have some ebb and flow and you may feel your energy wane a little bit throughout the day at different points. And having a little bit of an energy wane is not as big a deal as having a crash because when you're going up and down, it's extremely stressful on the body. And when things are stressful internally on the body, now you're increasing the production of all the stress hormones so you know your cortisol which we talk about all the time you're increasing the production of stress hormones so now your body has to deal with the increased production and so that's also going to throw other systems offline you know when we talk about hormones they're all connected they don't just work in isolation so you know your adrenal hormones are going to work with your thyroid hormones and then your thyroid hormones are going to work with your sex hormones so it's all connected so if you throw one out of balance the odds of throwing another system out of balance become really really high and so with an imbalanced blood sugar which is really really common um, that's one of the main issues i see with a lot of with a high sugar diet and again sugar can come from many different places including a lot of grains and we're going to talk about gluten here in a minute but having a lot of sugar in the diet just wreaks havoc on your internal system and of course we know all about insulin so it increases your insulin it increases your cortisol cuz cortisol helps with blood sugar regulation and when you're increasing those And again, when it's chronic, so we're not talking about the increase in those just to deal with kind of the day-to-day stuff, but when it's chronically increased, those hormones are highly inflammatory, and they also contribute to a lot of weight gain. So we don't want those to be on overdrive all the time. We want them to come up appropriately, and we want them to come back down appropriately. So another area where sugar causes problems in the body is in your digestion. So some people I know will get, you know, they'll eat some sugar and they'll immediately get diarrhea from it part of the reason sugar is an issue in the digestive tract is because it alters the bacterial composition of the gut. So our bacteria, or you might've heard the term um, microbiome, the bacteria are very, very important. They not only help to break our foods down and, you know, they um, also, you know, some of them produce certain nutrients for us and they get rid of waste and they do all of these processes. The research out there on what the microbiome does is astounding. And it's like the tip of the iceberg. They, are, there is information regarding the bacteria and obesity so people not being able to lose weight because the bacteria is out of balance I mean, I know people who have cleaned amazing diets, I mean, way better than mine and they are not able to lose weight because there's certain strains of bacteria that they're missing in their body and that is inhibiting their weight loss um, it's 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 very, very interesting stuff we also have a direct connection from the gut to the brain, um, so there's information information about the vagus nerve, which is one of my favorite things in the body. The vagus nerve that has a direct attachment from the brain to the gut, that bacteria actually go along the vagus nerve from the gut to the brain. So of course we want beneficial bacteria going from the gut to the brain and not pathogenic bacteria. So one of the things that sugar does is it imbalances them. So it could decrease some of those beneficial bacteria and increase the problematic bacteria and when that happens there's numerous things of course as i've been saying that can be going on in the body so it may not just be digestive but it could be joint pain it could be contributing to autoimmune condition it could cause neurological issues like your brain fogs and your brain fatigues and you know inflammation in the brain so bacteria is not just about digestion bacteria is also about just your whole entire body different parts of the body have their own microbiomes so we want to make sure that we're feeding them appropriately and so feeding them with sugar a lot of times causes more problems than what it solves and it can also increase the um increase things like candida, which is a yeast. It's a naturally occurring yeast in the body. Everybody has it. But when it's overwhelming in the body, and this is um, something that a lot of people deal with, uh, when the candida is overwhelming in the body, it's it's kind of a chameleon. So it can cause all different sorts of things, which can make it really difficult to identify it. There's really, there's some good stool testing out there that you can do to identify it, but it can cause joint pain. It can cause digestive problems. It can cause brain fog. It can cause swelling. It can cause weight gain. I mean, it can do so many different things. This, this tiny little yeast that um, it can overwhelm your system, cause a lot more inflammation, and start the dis-ease process. And so sugar is a feeder of candida. It's one of the number one things if there's a candida issue, sugar has to come out of the diet because we want to remove that food source so that those those, um, yeast cannot continue to proliferate. So we want to bring that down it can, sugar can cause a lot of neuro issues. So it can cause anxiety and depression. So it's messing with your neurotransmitters. Um, it can cause brain fog and brain fatigue. So that's kind of, if you've ever been in a food coma, so this would be something that's probably usually high sugar based and where it's almost like your brain, like the frontal, the frontal lobes, um, the frontal lobe starts to kind of shut down almost like you can't really think anymore and the only thing that's going to alleviate it is for you to go and lay down and take a nap. So What's happening, and so that's why I brought up the Thanksgiving thing, is on Thanksgiving, we a lot of times have to take a nap. And usually, we, it tryptophan and the turkey gets blamed, and that's not usually what's going on. It's usually that we have had this huge spike in you know, blood sugar and insulin to deal with all the food that we put in the body. Um, and so your body's just trying to deal with it. So it kind of shuts you down so it can kind of deal with it. And that's what's going on. The issue is when you have those neurological symptoms, um, that is inflammation in your brain, which is not... a good thing. So again, you know, this is going to happen to everybody once in a while. I've definitely done this to myself, but when it's long-term and you're constantly creating that inflammation in the brain, that's what leads to that neurodegeneration later on down the line. So increased anxiety, increased mental illness, you know, Alzheimer's is considered actually type three diabetes. So we think there's a possible sugar component and a blood sugar issue component to Alzheimer's dementia and things like that. So it heavily affects you from a neurological perspective. Little kids who are hyped up on sugar, you know, it can increase um, incidence of ADD and ADHD, not being able to focus, not being able to concentrate, not being able to sit still, because it just almost like overwires the nervous system. So yes, sugar can overwire the nervous system, which is why it can be so detrimental for someone who already maybe has that tendency. So the sugars can come down. The other thing that sugar does is it creates what are called ages. So these are advanced glycation end products. No, you do not need to remember that. But what it does is it kind of makes it sticky in your tissues. So a really good picture would be like if you lick a candy cane, since we're coming up on Christmas, if you lick a candy cane and then you touch it and it's real tacky and sticky, that's what's happening in your tissues, in your joints, things like that. When you have an excess amount of sugar in the body that your body is not able to process and eliminate. Okay. So that's what's going on in your tissue. So <laughs> that's, I kind of think about that as not really a good thing for your tissues to now be all kind of tacky and sticky because there's no blood flow now. So if there's no blood flow, the nutrients can't get to those tissues appropriately. So then you're going to have more breakdown and you're going to have, you know, more um, tissue damage along the lines. And that's going to age you. That's why it's called ages, partially, age you faster. So it's going to create that oxidative stress in the body and it's going to age you at a much more rapid pace. So sugar in excess, ages the body faster. So not really something you want to do. So those are the main reasons why sugar is such a problem. And I know usually it's just like, oh, it's going to rot your teeth or, you know, maybe it increases, you know, diabetes. If you have diabetes in your family, you already maybe have that genetic component and then bringing a bunch of sugar in flips that gene on. But there's a lot of other things that it does. So it imbalances your blood sugar. It can imbalance your hormones because it's imbalancing the blood sugar. It can keep you from sleeping really well. It can make you tired throughout the day. All of those things can be just sugar related. So like we don't need to, ha- we don't need to kind of go down the rabbit hole of all of these different from potential problems. That's why when someone comes in to see me, I'm going to take them off of sugar, gluten and dairy right off the bat because sometimes that just eliminates the issues altogether and we don't need to dig down further. We don't need to overcomplicate the situation. It's just there's too much of this one food that's causing inflammation in the body and we need to just settle it down. Does that mean you can never eat sugar and never eat sugar again? No, it does not. But it's something to pay attention to. If it's leaking energy from your body and there's things that you want to do on a day-to-day basis. Even if your why is I want to be able to have energy to play with my kids at night, or I want to take my spouse out for date night on the weekends, or we want to be able to get out and go do things on the weekends, but I'm just too tired. How much sugar is in your diet? Start there. Start super simple. And if you notice areas where it's coming in, again, especially if you're doing a lot of processed foods, but if you're putting sugar in your coffee every day, you know, if you're reaching for oatmeal instead of, you know, eggs in the morning, not that you need to eat eggs, but if you're reaching for oatmeal instead of eggs, if you're eating you know, grabbing for that, you know, afternoon donut. You know, if you're eating yogurt all day long, yogurt has a lot of sugar in it. Read some of the labels. Some of them, it's like 26 grams of sugar in this tiny little thing, which is absolutely ridiculous. You know, if your breakfast is toast, yogurt, and orange juice, that's just completely 100% sugar. And then if you're doing like a sandwich and potato chips for lunch, and then you're doing um, pasta for dinner, you've basically loaded yourself up with sugar all day long because those foods are going to break down into sugar in the body. So it's in all these kind of hidden places that you don't really think about but it's we're very overexposed to it and I think the overexposure is more of the problem than the sugar itself being the problem. So I know that was a lot and I'm gonna get to gluten here in a minute. So when we come back, I'm gonna tell you my other three to four foods that put your body into stress overdrive.
0: Here what's next N- Next right. This is Thrive Life Radio with Amy Robinson wish you could hear more thrive life radio you can follow us on soundcloud subscribe in itunes and google play music every episode every week good people of texas cast aside the everyday and come as thou art not to the texas renaissance festival feast and frolic amongst nobility barbarians and magical creatures create your own fantasy with clothing jewelry and more from hundreds of -of one-of-a-kind shops The Texas Renaissance Festival. Nine weekends of feasting and merriment starting September 29th. Get your tickets now at
1: texrenfest.com. Huzzah! If you have a vehicle registered in Texas, you can join artists like Lyle Lovett, Pat Green, Randy Rogers, and more when you purchase a Texas Music license plate from the Texas DMV. 22 out of the $30 fee goes directly towards the Texas Music Office, which funds music lessons and instruments for under-resourced school children, as well as towards funding live music and community music programs all around the state. Just head to texasmusicoffice.com or the Texas DMV for more info on how to order your Texas Music specialty license plate.
2: Coastal Shade Company is the Houston and Gulf Coast lead and outdoor shade coverings from palapas to pergolas, pavilions and more. Looking for an outdoor kitchen or fireplace? Contact us today at 832-917-7672 or visit us online at CoastalShadeCo.com.
0: Elite Care 24-hour emergency room in Leak City offers all of the services found at a traditional hospital emergency room, but adds very short wait times, a clean and comfortable location, and outstanding service. The goal? For you to see an emergency room physician within 10 minutes of your visit and to provide you with the best, most comfortable experience while you're with them. Elite Care 24 Hour is located at 2530 Gulf Freeway in League City. Call 281 337 7500.
1: Welcome back, everybody. So I've given you the down low on how sugar can cause food comas or mess with your digestion or just make you feel like just junk in general. So now I'm going to go into everyone's favorite topic, and that's gluten. (laughs) Gluten. And I know y'all just are so excited for me to talk about this. And because you, you know, you don't hear about it every day or anything, it's just such an obscure topic. So, but I do need to talk about it because it is an issue for a lot of people. And I know out there you may be saying, yeah, we know everyone's gluten free and they're really proud of it. And yeah, I totally understand how that feels. I totally get that. But it is. Truly, really a problem for a lot of people beyond just um, celiac disease, so beyond the autoimmune component, Um, you know, the gluten, the non-celiac gluten sensitivity issue is on the rise. I continue to see it in practice. And the way that I see it in practice is not through testing. It's just through elimination and taking it out and how much better people feel once they take it out. And we do, I do try to reintroduce it at some point. um, If the client wants to, sometimes they take it out and they feel so much better. They're like, no, (laughs) I'm never taking, I'm never eating that again. Um, But we do try to reintroduce it if possible. And typically, if it's still an issue, we're going to notice signs pretty quickly. So Gluten is another one of those that I believe part of the issue is the excess exposure. So again, it's in so much stuff that you don't, I mean, it's in salad dressings, it's in prepared soups, you know, obviously it's in bread. We all know that, Um, but it's in a lot of packaged and processed foods. It's in sauces and gravies. So it's in a lot of places that you may not realize that it's in. And so your exposure level goes up. They also use it in beauty products and hair products. Um, So again, especially for women, because we use a lot of products every Day, so you're putting that on your body, so your exposure level is going up there as well. So now it's coming from external and it's coming from internal when you put food in your body. So there's a couple different areas why we think this is an issue, because yes, people have been eating bread for thousands of years. So why is it a problem now? So there's a few different reasons we think it's a problem now. So number one. Number one is the exposure. It's in everything. So we're eating way, way more than we ever have probably in history. And number two is the wheat that we have today is not the same wheat that, you know, our grandparents and great grandparents had. It's different. It's, it's a hybridized wheat. It's a dwarf wheat. Um, so for a, it's like a, a shorter wheat for a greater yield. And the problem is when they created it, the protein content of gluten, which is called gliadin, is much, much higher. So the fact and the carbohydrate content kind of went or the fat and the protein other protein content went down. The gliadin is higher. So there's a lot more per, I guess, I don't know, ounce whatever. There's a lot more in it than what there used to be. So again, you're talking about exposure rates, so the exposure is higher there. And then the third issue is the use of glyphosate. So glyphosate is basically a pesticide that's used on wheat um, through um, Monsanto, which some of you may have heard of, um, and I'm not going to go into that today because there just isn't time. So, but it's a it's a it's a pesticide. It's a chemical that's used on wheat just across the board. And so, well, there's actually studies now linking. The incidence of celiac disease, not in every case, of course, but the increase of the incidence of celiac disease directly to the exposure to glyphosate. So it is damaging the small intestine, which is what celiac is. When you have celiac disease um, in the small intestine, the lining has this, these, and I'm putting my, my fingers up and kind of waving them here. So in the lining of the small intestine, there's what we call a brush border. And these are microvilli. Um, so it's kind of like a shag carpet. So as food comes in and nutrients come into the body, the shag carpet along different points along the small intestine is basically grabbing a hold of those and then processing them through into the body. So with celiac disease, that shag carpet is now a Berber carpet. So it's completely eroded. Um, And so if you're absorbing nutrients from the shag carpet, then if you're a Berber now, you're not going to be absorbing nutrients properly, probably almost at all in different areas. It doesn't mean the entire lining of the intestinal tract is completely eroded. It may be patches. It may be, you know, big lines of it, but there's erosion and complete erosion. In fact, they won't actually diagnose you as celiac unless there's 100% erosion, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. If you have 50% erosion of the villi, um, doesn't that constitute as a problem? <laughs> I certainly think so, but they will not diagnose you as celiac unless it's 100% erosion. So That's kind of what's going on there. So the glyphosate, and again, it doesn't mean that every incidence of celiac disease is glyphosate related, but there's certainly an aspect of the glyphosate causing problems in the small intestine, which leads to absorption and nutrient problems, which also you can kind of segue back to talking about the microbiome. It's going to disrupt the microbiome. It's going to disrupt the good and the bad bacteria that are in the gut and how they're performing the proper duties that they're supposed to perform, which keep us really healthy. So all of those things combined is kind of what we think the reasons are why gluten is a problem now for so many people because again we've been eating bread for thousands of years without huge incidents and of course there's other things too the manufacturing process of bread is very different it used to be like a long sourdough process the bread used to be very very dense and now we have this really overly manufactured process which takes the you know the the time of production much much, much faster. Um, The slow production, like going through the sourdough process sort of breaks some of those proteins down. It makes it more digestible for us. But now we have this quick turnaround manufacturing. So uh, we haven't started that breakdown process. So our body is now 100% responsible for the breakdown process, which can definitely be a problem for someone with a compromised digestion or even just kind of a weak digestion. So Going forward from there, how it causes problems in the body is through its ability to get into the bloodstream in a form that it's not supposed to be in. So if we're not able to break the gluten, pro- the gluten protein down, so that's the gliadin, if we're not able to break that down properly, and we talked about stomach acid last week, so that could be an initial phase of you don't have enough stomach acid to start the process of breaking the protein down. When it gets into the small intestine, though, we have this substance called zonulin. And zonulin, you can kind of think of it where you have like that brush border. Um, so your, your shag carpet, um, those should be pretty tightly woven together. And they should only open up when they're told to. And so zonulin is kind of like the gatekeeper. So it keeps those, um, the, the carpet kind of close together. We call those tight junctions. So it can't get through unless it's asked, you know, something is supposed to get through there. So zonulin is a gatekeeper. So, um, it, it, keeps things from going through that lining and getting into the bloodstream that are not supposed to be there. And then the body, you know, wages its war against that. So what gluten, the gliadin protein does is when it comes into the body, it kind of connects with zonulin, almost like a lock and a key, and it opens it up. So it actually kind of opens up the lining, those tight junctions and allows that protein to get in in a form that it shouldn't be in. So it's like, maybe you can, you can maybe think of it as just something that's too big. It shouldn't get in at that size. It should be broken down more into the amino acid structure, so the body can recognize it. So if it gets in in a form that the body doesn't know what it is, the body thinks it's an invader, and it's going to attack it. It's going to the immune system is going to launch its assault, essentially, which it's supposed to do when something foreign comes into the body. And it's going to tag it with an with an antibody. So the next time it comes into the body, if it gets back into the bloodstream again, then the body's going to respond because now it says, "Hey, we tagged this with." an antibody. There's something wrong here. This is an invader. We need to go do something about it. So you can see where a chronic onslaught of that is a chronic immune system firing. Now, we don't want the immune system to fire constantly like that, especially to an exposure that it doesn't need to necessarily have in the body. And so that's why we see with autoimmune conditions, a lot of people are very sensitive to gluten with autoimmune conditions because it's opening that lining, it's getting through and the immune system is firing back up again. So a lot of times if you remove, not always, of course, but if you remove the gluten from the diet with someone with autoimmune, their flares go down. Down. They don't have as many issues with it if that's one of the main problems for them. So gluten, gliadin, can cause issues with the immune system. That's one of the number one things that I definitely see. Um, it can also be strictly neurological. Um, Dr. Alessio Fasano, he's one of the main researchers of, of gluten. It is amazing. Does done all this amazing work. He actually says that it can primarily be a neurological Um, Issues. So again, causing your brain fog and your brain fatigue, brain inflammation. You know, messing with your neurotransmitters. So you're looking at anxiety and depression. Yes, I have seen people anxiety and depression go down or completely away just by removing gluten from the diet. It's can be absolutely amazing. So those components there. So again, neurological, immune system and of course digestion. You know, most of the time we think of it it's just, it's primarily a digestive issue, but again, it can cause other things like for me, when I get exposed to gluten because I'm non-celiac gluten sensitive, and so I've had it out of my diet for geez, like 8 years or something like that now. It's way easier to do it today just by the way than it was 8 years ago. There was not a lot of resources. But when I get exposed to gluten, the first she thing She turns is, into the Hulk. I do. <laughs> I do. I turn like green and I like swell up and don't give me
0: gluten. You would not like me when I have gluten.
1: <laughs> exactly. I t- it actually does affect my mood. That is very true. I get kind of grumpy because I don't feel good. <laughs> so I kind of do turn into the Hulk, but I also get a l- joint pain in my jaw of all places. That's my number one tell that I've been exposed. So joint pain in my jaw, I start to feel anxious. My mood actually does change. I feel kind of on edge and then I'll usually get a headache. Those are my tells for when I've been exposed to gluten. So it has nothing to do with my digestion. That's not what. what. What happens right off the bat for me? It's those other things. But the number one is the joint pain in my jaw, which I, I find to be very strange, but I actually have run into other people who have the same problem. So it's ca- It can cause all different kinds of problem. It can cause the leaky gut, which we've talked about pri- previously, and I don't really have time to go into that today, but that's basically stuff getting through the lining of the intestine that's not supposed to be there, and then the immune system has to respond. So those are the things that are going on for someone who is sensitive to gluten, and I know it's there are people absolutely who've just kind of jumped on, you know, I, I want to say just kind of quote-unquote jumped on the bandwagon to, for weight loss and things like that, but if their body responds to taking it out, then it's absolutely a Problem for them. So if they take it out and lose weight, like I lost 25 pounds when I took gluten out, I lost 25 pounds in three months. Um, That's not what I was expecting to have happen, but it's absolutely what happened for me. So the next time someone says they're gluten-free, know that if they if they really need to be, if it's a really a problem for them, these are the things that could be going on in their body. And so again, you're creating a de- dis- disease process, um, which can lead to further problems down the road if it's not kind of nipped in the bud, if you're not trying to take care of it. It's really, really important that if there's a food that is causing inflammation in your body and it's le- causing you to leak energy from the body, I had a lot of fatigue and that kind of fixed itself after I took the gluten out for at least for a period of time um So if you're leaking energy, again, another one of these energy leaks, you're not able to be who you want to be in the world. You're not able to put the gifts out in the world that you have. And you're not really, you know, you're just kind of feeling kind of subpar all the time. So gluten can absolutely be an issue for people. I know it's like everywhere and people talk about it all the time, but it truly can cause problems for people and make them feel really, really terrible. And they can turn into the Hulk easily. So (laughs) when we come back, I'm going to give you my last three processed, my processed food, rancid fat and dairy as your energy leakers and then give you a little bit of info of how to power up your mitochondria.
0: For more info on today's show, go to radio.com. Click links and guests. Vinyl Draft Radio. When you're looking for a new home... John Wilkinson can help answer questions related to obtaining a mortgage lender up to finding and securing the best home for you. John will take your best interest as his own and provide valuable property and neighborhood information that is important to your family. Call John at 281-974-0739 or email him at john
2: at JWGetsItSoul.com to start looking for your new home. Lamont Brands is a veteran-owned business serving the Houston Clear Lake area and beyond. Their in-house capabilities include screen printing, embroidery, rhinestones, heat press transfers and thermal flex design, as well as e-commerce solutions and on-site fulfillment. If you're looking to brand your business through custom apparel and or promotional products, Lamont Brands should be your first and only call. Lamont Brands is located at 920 Gemini in Houston. Give them a call at 281-286-7553 or visit them online at lamontbrands.com.
0: Hey family, it's Kyle Jones with iCryo cryotherapy, If you're looking to lose some weight, maintain a healthy lifestyle, or really just get back into that pepped up attitude you had when you were a teenager, stop by for a whole body cryotherapy session today. If you're looking for that daily mood enhancement, maybe that natural energy rush, or you're looking to recover from a vigorous workout, whole body cryotherapy is a revolutionary treatment that is changing the lives of many for the better. Elevating your lifestyle is our number one priority. Plug into our website and find a location nearest you at iCryo.com.
2: Lori Coppett. A name you can trust. Lori Coppett. A branch manager with Prime Lending serving the Clear Lake area for over 28 years. Lori.
0: Why are you saying it? like that.
2: Copy. Helping hundreds of satisfied clients with their home loan needs. Glory. Seriously. Copy. If you're purchasing, refinancing or renovating your home, visit lcoppock.com to get the professional service you need. MLS number 176539 equal housing lender. lori Copy. No oh, for God's sake.
1: Welcome back Thrive Life community. hope you all are having a great morning. Now that I've told you why you should probably not eat sugar or gluten because it will make you feel like crap and turn you into the Hulk. So I'm going to go through the last couple of foods that can be big time energy drainers. Um, so you kind of know what to watch for in your diet and you know where you might just be feeling kind of crappy. So the last three I want to talk about are processed foods, crappy fats, and dairy. Um, so processed foods processed foods, it's really like the ultra processed foods. So because a smoothie can be considered a processed food, baking bread can be considered a processed food. So this is stuff like in your internal aisles in the grocery store that are hyper processed, have a lot of different ingredients in them. um, And a lot of artificial ingredients, a lot of ingredients that maybe you are not familiar with. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about processed foods. So the reason that the, the, I would say one of the number one main reasons these are a problem is because they usually have ingredients in them that the body doesn't recognize. And so again, when you're putting ingredients into the body that the body doesn't recognize, you know, it's kind of considered a toxin. So now you're putting some burden on your liver. When you put your burden, burden on your liver, it can cause further ups. It can f- cause further downstream problems. It can mess with your cholesterol levels. Yes. Cause your liver actually produces all the cholesterol you need. So it can mess with your cholesterol level levels. It can increase inflammation. It can get, um, you can actually kind of become toxic because the liver gets backed up. It can only process things so quickly and get them out, you know, into the bowel and and then out of the body. So you can kind of back the liver up. So it just, it puts a lot of pressure there for your body to have to deal with something that it doesn't really know what it is. So that's my number one reason for processed foods, just not being something that you want to put in your body. So, Be a label reader. If there's things that you don't understand on the label, just put it back. We want to put real food into the body as much as possible because real food is what's going to help your energy levels and and kind of plug those holes. So number two is going to be your bad fats. So really quickly here, bad fats are going to be your heavily processed vegetable oils. So your canola oil, your soybean oil, uh, corn oils, things like that. They're heavily, heavily processed. And I know the big thing with canola oil is that it has an omega-3 content and omega-3 is protective of the body and it's anti-inflammatory, but not in that state. So omega-3 is a very unstable fat. It's incredibly good for you, but it doesn't like heat. And when you're making those vegetable oils, specifically canola oil, there's very high heat and very high pressure and it's going to damage and actually change the chemical structure of the fat. And so when that goes into your body, your body doesn't really know what it is. It's hard for it to break down. It takes it a lot longer. It stays in your body longer and it creates more inflammation, more oxidative stress, which ages you faster. So those bad fats are actually also also kind of ages. So they will create more age in the body because they're, they're creating something called free radical, which creates oxidative stress. Oxidative stress is something important in the body, but again, in excess, it's going to cause the body to break down faster, and that's not what we want. So... The bad fats are something you want to stay away from. So the good fats would be your olive oil, your avocado, your avocado oil, your coconut oil, real butter, ghee. Those are the things you want to go to because they are in kind of a pure form and they are very beneficial and supportive of the body. They're going to support the brain. They're going to support the structure of your cells, You know, especially your brain. They're going to support the structure of your cells. They do a lot of really wonderful things for the body. So we want really good, really good quality fats. Um, dairy can be an issue... So dairy is one of those, like for some people it's perfectly fine and some people it's not. So there's either a lactose issue or a casein issue, lactose being the sugar, casein being the protein, and the body is not able to break that down. A lot of people don't have the lactase enzyme, which helps to break down the lactose, and that's why they would be lactose intolerant. Casein is the protein. So it's really common for someone who has an issue with gluten, the gliadin protein, to also have an issue with casein. They're just not breaking down those proteins properly. And so again, that can cause a lot of digestive issues, so either diarrhea or constipation Um, but it can also cause a lot of issues with built up mucus if I have someone come in who has chronic sinus infections the first thing I'm going to look at is how much dairy is in the diet and if there's a lot of dairy in the diet that's the first thing we're going to nix because it might actually take care of the sinus infections when you have a buildup of mucus in the body that's an immune response your body's trying to deal with something and so we don't want excess we just want the appropriate amount in the appropriate places so Those are some things that you can kind of look for on the dairy side if you think dairy might be an issue for you. So those are kind of like the bottom three. The top two are definitely the sugar and the gluten. Those are the first things I would recommend removing if you have all of this stuff in the diet and seeing how you feel. And you can remove it for, you know, I recommend 30 days. If you can do four to six weeks, that's even better. But at least 30 days, take it out and see how you feel. I'm just going to warn you, you might feel really crappy for the first week because your body is essentially detoxing from it because it's a bit addicted to those foods. But if you can take them out for 30 days, a lot of times you will see some improvements in different areas of your health. So in the last two minutes that I have here, I'm going to give you a few foods that help to power up your mitochondria. So mitochondria are the powerhouses of all your cells. So they're involved with the production of ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate, and that is your energy source. So mitochondria are all over the body. They're in all of your cells. Um, You have massive amounts in your heart, in your brain, and in your muscles. So I've actually seen some research um, regarding heart disease that talks about it not being like from plaques or, you know, the cholesterol, quote unquote cholesterol, but actually from mitochondrial dysfunction. And that's where we're getting some of the heart disease from, which I think is really, really interesting, but I won't go. So (laughs) mitochondria also helps to improve digestion. So Eat your leafy greens. Leafy greens are really good for supporting the production and function of mitochondria and keeping them healthy. We want to keep them healthy and active because part of the aging process is that they're not as healthy. They're not as strong. They're not as active. So we start to age in different areas of the body. Um, Cruciferous veggies. So this is your broccoli, your cauliflower, um, you know your Brussels sprouts, things that are kind of sulfur-based. They help with what's called glutathione production. So glutathione is one of the master antioxidants. So it offsets that oxidative stress I was talking about. About and the free radicals and the aging process of the body. So we want more of the glutathione um, and we want our body to be able to utilize it and recycle it and use it again. And it does that by eating foods that are not filled with pesticides. So you eat your cruciferous vegetables, um, increasing your healthy fats, which I talked about. So those are amazing for the function of your mitochondria. They protect your cells, they protect your nerves, like the myelin sheath around your nerves. They're great for brain health. And eating these foods also reduces inflammatory foods and you know and heals the gut. So those are some. Of the top foods, really simple eat leafy greens, eat good fats, and eat cruciferous veggies, and that will help to power up those mitochondria and plug some of the leaks that you have. But first, you have to remove the foods that are causing the leaks in the first place. So, ditch the gluten and in, in the in the sugar for at least 30 days, bring in some of these supportive foods, and see how your body does after a 30 day period. And I can almost guarantee that you'll have some improvements somewhere, whether it's digestion, um, physical energy, or how your brain is functioning.
0: Amy Robinson is owner of My Life Delicious nutrition consulting company. Reach out and learn more at mylifedelicious.com or call 832-875-2358. Thrive Life Radio, a VinoTraft radio production.